Welcome to the Winner's Guide to Losing Football Bets off-season show. I am your host, Paul. Over the next eight shows, I will be covering all 32 teams, four teams a week, starting with the four weakest per the standings. So let's jump in. First team is the Chicago Bears. I am of the belief that if you find yourself picking in the top five to ten in the draft, then you are not a good team and should trade back and accumulate more draft picks unless you are in need of a quarterback. Regardless of how you feel about Justin Fields, the Bears have a great opportunity to bring in top-tier talent while still being able to trade back in the draft. Second-year coach and GM Matt Eberflus and Ryan Poles already have a year under their belts and should know the direction they need to go in free agency and the draft. Trading out of the number one spot is paramount for a team that needs talent on both sides of the ball. Chicago has had 18 picks in the last two years. However, 13 of those have been in the fifth round or later. The Bears could find themselves in a great scenario where they might be able to trade back multiple times and still have a top 10 pick while gaining high leverage draft picks this year and next. To accompany that, the Bears have the most cap space of any team in the league and should be able to greatly improve in any area they desire. On offense, both sides of the ball do need help, but their best player on the team is Justin Fields, even if he has accuracy issues. It's up to the coaching staff to help him achieve his potential, and he actually improved as a passer despite not having a great cast of wideouts, but did find a connection with young tight end Cole Komet as the season went on. Fields was sacked 55 times, so focusing on the offensive line is a necessity, but that is a league-wide issue. I do believe it's best to build the offensive line through the draft or low-cost trades, especially if you are looking for interior linemen. Running back might be a need depending on if David Montgomery leaves, but from a fantasy value, the only player worth grabbing on this team is Justin Fields. Darnell Mooney at wide receiver and Montgomery if he returns, aren't great options. Justin Fields actually rushed for more touchdowns and yards than Montgomery, but upgrading the position in free agency is usually costly. I prefer to put my salary cap dollars into defensive free agents, but if you see a player you like, you pull the trigger and you do what you need to to get that player. On defense, building the front seven has to be a priority. Typical with bad teams is they don't have as bad of defensive passing stats as they do defensive rushing stats, because most teams are beating them and just trying to run out the clock in the second half. Conversely, many of the great teams aren't generally in the top 10 in defensive passing. Conversely, many of the great teams aren't generally in the top 10 in defensive passing because they tend to move to a prevent defense which does allow for garbage passing yards. Chicago is 17th in the league in defensive passing, but second to last in rush defense. It's actually much more embarrassing to know San Francisco lost to them in week one. Stopping the run needs to be the Bears' focus. Pass rushers are not easy to find nor cheap, so it's more important to find players who fit your scheme and locker room presence. Would it be nice to have Jadavian Clowney on your team? Maybe, but he doesn't do much to build a culture. In terms of needs, if I were focused on rebuilding this team, and it's, and it's a theme you will see throughout, you start with the lines and move outward. Offensive line and defensive line need to be priority. And if you do it right, you don't need to spend a lot of money in this area. However, the Bears might be in a special subset despite how they finished this last year. My 2023 projections? I do love the Bears' opportunities they have for this offseason. 
They have a coach and GM who should be around another few years. They have a lot of money to spend, and they have the number one pick that they can easily move to gain more high-end picks. They also play in a division with the backside of his career Kirk Cousins, a Green Bay team that wasn't great, even if Jordan Love can be more dynamic than Rodgers, should he leave, and a Detroit Lions team that has a lot of promise and is my second favorite team to create dream scenarios for, but they have never capitalized on those promises. When Justin Fields is on the field, he is so fun to watch. But this is a big year for him. Can he show the same rate of improvement, or will injuries continue to be an issue? I have the Bears as a 40% chance of making the playoffs, which speaks to the level of play in the conference, but also the opportunities the Bears can cash in on. Houston Texans. D'Amico Ryans is taking over as head coach of the team that drafted him and made him a star. Being a 49er guy, I hope he can build the Texans into a competitive team. But if he can't, I at least appreciate the draft pick compensation San Francisco receives because of his hire. Unlike the Bears, it is clear that Houston doesn't have a quarterback that they can rely on and need to move on from Davis Mills. They should be drafting a quarterback with their first pick, whether they move up to number one to get Bryce Young, or if they're happy with one of the other quarterbacks in the top 10. GM Nick Casario has done a nice job of drafting starters onto this team the last two years, but often with bad teams, it isn't that hard to find players who can immediately start. I am concerned with Ryan's short time as a coach in the league to be successful. Robert Sala and Mike McDaniel were both coaches in the league for 10 plus years prior to the head coaching stints. I'm also unsure if the culture in Houston is prepared to win the right way. With 11 picks in the draft and two in the first round, Houston can do a lot of building for skill and for depth. On offense, Damian Pierce is not only the best talent on offense the Texans have, but he could be considered a first round pick in your fantasy football draft, specifically in keeper leagues, if he isn't already being kept. The Texans have drafted skill position players, but aside from Pierce, they have little to show for it. And with Brandon Cooks wanting out, the Texans need help in that area. But if Alabama receiver John Mechie Jr., who is recovering from leukemia, can come back and be the player he was projected to be, the Texans might have a nice one-two punch, which would help any quarterback, Mills or otherwise. On defense, like the Bears, fine in defending the pass, even worthy of a top unit in the NFL. However, it comes down to stopping the run, which they were dead last in, and it wasn't like they played in a difficult division. They went against players like Derrick Henry and Jonathan Taylor, but neither of those two teams even sniffed the top 10 in rushing offense. Houston's salary ranks at fifth in the league, but they will still need to largely use most of their picks on defensive players to build and sustain a strong defensive presence. This is why they brought in D'Amico Ryans but it's still Nick Casario who is going to be pulling the trigger on free agency in the draft. Their primary needs at this point are QB and defensive line. I would just assume that every team needs O-line help. Do you have a young QB prospect? Get him a good line. Do you have a strong QB who isn't elite? You just need a good line, if, and if you lack depth, you're asking for issues. But Houston does need frontline starters. And with no offensive presence under first-time offensive coordinator Bobby Slowick, offensive line philosophy might require different players up front. 2023 projections, similar to the Bears, this isn't a strong division. Unlike the Bears, 
the AFC is much stronger top to bottom. I do believe Houston is going to give D'Amico Ryans and Nick Casario time to build a strong team. But without a proven quarterback in a stacked AFC, I put the chance of making the playoffs at 5%. But the Texans have a lot of draft capital and decent money to pay free agents. But they need to be pointed about their free agents. They have a very young team and a lot of draft picks. I would sign high-character players, players who play the game the right way. Young players need veteran leadership, and it was something I saw in 2017 with San Francisco. They paid a lot of money to players like Brian Hoyer, Pierre Garçon, and Marquise Goodwin, not because they were great players, and in fact they hardly contributed to any of the on-field success San Francisco has had in the past four years. But they helped establish a culture. I wouldn't be surprised to see the Texans sign Jimmy Ward to help mentor Jalen Petrie or one of the many San Francisco defensive linemen to help establish a winning culture. You'll have to pay more for players to go from winning teams to rebuilding teams, but you have the money, use it. Arizona Cardinals The Bears and the Texans have pieces in place to move forward. Arizona is the first team on my list who will be moving backwards and is in contention to have the first overall pick in the 2024 draft. The reasons are as follows. They have a new coach. They have a new general manager. They have a whiny bitch of a quarterback coming off an ACL tear. They have a mediocre salary cap situation, and they have more than one-third of their roster who are free agents, which doesn't include their kicker, punter, long snapper, or special teams returner who are also free agents. What this means is they will likely not re-sign many of their frontline starters. They also probably won't re-sign any of their backups who may not fit into the philosophy of the incoming GM and coach. DeAndre Hopkins could and should be traded. Same with Hollywood Brown. This Arizona team is one of the few bad teams with this many free agents and so little cap space. On offense, where Arizona is truly fucked is their offensive line with nine of their 12 offensive free agents coming from this specific group. Zach Ertz has been a nice player for you, but he will also be a cap casualty. It's amazing to have so many free agents but still not be in a great cap space market. From a fantasy standpoint, as long as Murray, Hopkins, and Brown are on the same team, there is value, but this situation will likely dissolve into one of the worst offenses in the league if one or multiple players are traded. From that standpoint, Rondale Moore is the best long-term fantasy option on this team. Defense, Cliff Kingsbury owes the Cardinals money because he absolutely destroyed this team. The Cardinals do have some nice players on the defensive side of the ball, but have nothing to show for it being 31st in points against. This just needs to be a total rebuild. And that's what the team needs are. Rebuild, retool across the board. 2023 projections... Arizona is the only team that I project to be worse despite a best-case scenario. Kyler Murray is not a leader. They have no running game. They have no choice but to move high-profile players for draft picks. I'm not only giving Arizona a 0% chance to make the playoffs, but I'm also giving them a 95% chance for the number one overall pick in the 2024 draft. If I were an Arizona fan, I'd be hoping Kyler Murray decides to try baseball so Arizona can draft a true leader, not a whiny brat who can only loud their accomplishments from high school and college as proof to their commitment to football. Indianapolis Colts. 
Jim Ursay feels like a drunk Jerry Jones, which is unfortunate because drunk Jim Ursay is documented and unfortunate. If you haven't heard Jim Ursay speak, please go do so. It's both funny and sad, which is exactly how I feel about this Colts team. The choice to hire Jeff Saturday to be an interim head coach when there were viable options from the current coaching staff to come in and showcase what they can bring from a leadership standpoint is beyond puzzling. How will the returning players respond to an ownership that feels out of touch? Chris Ballard has been GM of this team since 2017, and while having been viewed as a strong GM in the league, the Colts have only gone 45-62 and 62 with little to show from a draft standpoint, which was what he was lauded for. The scapegoat was Frank Reich, who appeared to be a promising coach but has been rumored to be a bit soft on his treatment of players. In comes Shane Steichen, offensive coordinator of the Philadelphia Eagles, who seemed to have breathed life into Jalen Hurts and the Eagles' offense. The Colts will likely draft a quarterback in the first round, unless they decide they want to offer Lamar Jackson a contract the Ravens can't compete with. On offense, with the quarterback position, this is where you have to start with Indy. This will be the fifth year in a row the Colts have had a different QB starting the season. In a dynasty fantasy football league, I had the choice of keeping Michael Pittman or Mike Williams with the Chargers. I went with Pittman because of his age, but I hated that Matt Ryan would be throwing to him and that he would likely be working in a new quarterback in the 2023 season. And here we are, a new quarterback. Maybe this is the year they get Jimmy Garoppolo, which still doesn't help Pittman, but Jonathan Taylor would love a quarterback like Jimmy, and so would his fantasy football owners. However, would new coach Shane Steichen convince Jim Ursay and Chris Ballard that he can do for Lamar Jackson what he did for Jalen Hurts? Lamar Jackson would solve the Colts' issues for a while and give a team that is above average on talent that push it needs to win the AFC South for years to come. I do believe the Ravens feel they want to go in a different direction, which is why they place this specific franchise tag on Lamar, which would net the Ravens two future first-round picks. They are asking teams to take him. The Colts should jump on him. On defense... Despite the weird season the Colts had last year, the defense was reasonably solid. Not elite, but when the offense was as anemic as it was at points, you couldn't have asked for a better performance. They were ranked 15th in total yards given up. They did struggle mightily in total points given up, however, being 31st in the league. They have players they can work with, but must be mindful of their cap space if they want to keep this current unit. Team needs... QB first and foremost, but depending on how they handle the QB position will determine the rest of their goals. If they choose to go after Lamar, then their focus will be on cap space and finding cheap replacements in areas of need. If they draft a QB in the first round of the draft, then their needs will be the offensive line and defensive depth. For the 2023 projections, again, this comes down to what the Colts do at quarterback. The AFC South isn't strong, but if they go to a rookie quarterback, then you have to view this as a rebuild, both as a fan and as a fantasy football owner. If they swing big for Lamar or even Aaron Rodgers, then they could be an interesting team and could make playoff moves. If I was a Colts fan, I certainly don't want to see middle-of-the-ground quarterbacks like Jimmy Garoppolo, Jameis Winston, Baker Mayfield, 
because you will be looking for a sixth quarterback in six years. The range of Indy's playoff chances are from 5% to 40%, depending on what they do at quarterback. Next week, we will have the next four teams, the Denver Broncos, LA Rams, Las Vegas Raiders, and the Atlanta Falcons. These four will likely be laid out similar to this week's four teams, but the free agent signing period opens up on the 15th of March. There will likely be early announcements on free agent signings, so I will speak to them as I hear about them. As a side note, I'd ask that anyone following the free agency period not to get worried about players chasing money. Every one of you would do the same. This is a business, and I would never presume a player to not treat this as a business transaction when owners view these players as products. By the time these players hit their first free agent contract, they will have been playing high-impact football for close to 15 years. So settle down with players chasing money and getting paid more than they're worth. Would you rather the owner have it and just buy islands and shit? Or would you rather the talent have it? Enjoy your week, and I'll see you next time.